Now, anybody remember what series we're in? Say what? Say what? Yes, that's the series we're in right now. So if you're new to this, we've been in this series called Say What? We're exploring some of the commands of God that just don't make sense. And we're going to start today with one of our favorite things ever. And, and you'll remember this uh, from your school days. But one of our favorite things is when you walk in the class and the teacher says, pop quiz. Anybody love pop quizzes? Yeah, I don't like pop quizzes. Well, one uh, teacher raised their hand right here. So a teacher loves pop quizzes. That's a little cruel, don't you think? So pop quiz, we're going to do this on the teacher. I should ask Josh these questions. So pop quiz, Josh. So we're going to go back to uh, our first week in this series. And I want to know who remembers what our first command was. And we'll start with Josh since, you know, he's a teacher. So Josh, what was our first command we did three weeks ago? Okay, so you're in there. Um, how should we grade this class? Like, we got a teacher who's got like half an answer right and half an answer wrong. So, like, I don't know. Okay, we'll be gracious to him. So, yes, the second one was right. So, we started with a foundational command that God gives us found in John 14, 15, where Jesus says, if you love me, obey me. If you love me, do what I ask. And we all understand how hard obedience can be for all of us, but it's foundational on a relationship with God. It's foundational for everything else that we have learned so far in this series. Okay, so moving along to our second week in this series, anybody else, what did we learn in week two? What command did we learn? Love God, love people, the greatest commandment ever given. And Jesus did this radical thing at that time when somebody asked him about that. He did this radical thing of saying, the greatest thing that you can do is love God. And everybody listening to Jesus at that time would have said, yep, that's Deuteronomy 6, 5. We get it. We've memorized it. We've known that all of our lives. And then Jesus added to it, Leviticus 19, 18. He said, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that would have caused many of the people listening to Jesus to say, say what? Like you just put loving people on the same level as loving God? Jesus says, yep. Like you can't really love God unless you learn how to love people. You can't really love people unless you learn how to love God. So loving God, loving people is the greatest commandment ever given. Okay, now week three, which was last week. What command did we learn last week? Give. Yes, give. Tithing is part of that giving. So we understand that God says, listen, here's what I want you to do with the resources that you have been given. I want you to give of your time, talents, and treasures to build God's kingdom, not your own kingdom. And Jesus said this crazy thing. He said, you know, all the stuff that you think you've worked so hard for, like, yeah, it doesn't belong to you. And we all go like, what? What are you talking about? I'm the one that put in the hours. And God goes, yeah, I'm the one that gave you the ability to do that. I'm the one that gave you the talents that you have. I'm the one that gave you the opportunities that you have. I'm the one that, that gave you the resources that you have, and I've entrusted those things to you, and I've entrusted them to you so that you would use them to build my kingdom, not your kingdom. All right, so great job on the pop quiz. And we're going to transition into part four. And you got to listen to this crazy thing that God, through the Apostle Paul, says to us in Philippians chapter four. And it's just two words in verse six. He says, don't worry. What do we say to that? Yeah. 
Yeah. Say what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, God, don't you realize all the things that we have to worry about? And if by chance you've come in today or, or you've tuned in online and you've kind of forgotten about some of the things that we have to worry about, let me remind you a few of those things. So about a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit farther than that, we all started worrying about the same thing together. And it was called what? <coughs> Coronavirus. We called it COVID-19. We didn't know what 19 meant until we found out that we all gained 19 pounds in the middle of like <laughs> being in isolation. And we were worried about that. How are we going to get this off? So we worried about COVID and we worried about, well, what does it mean? Like, is this a real thing? Is this a hoax out there? And then we started finding out people are dying from this. And so we got worried about ourselves, about people that we love. And, you know, you get worried about what if a family member, what if I end up in the hospital? What if I end up on a ventilator? Like, there's not a great chance of coming off of that ventilator. So we had a lot of fears related to COVID. And then we got into COVID vaccines, which caused some people to like, calm down a little bit. Great, there's a vaccine that's here. Uh, we can get the vaccine, and, and we can all be protected from this thing. The vaccine caused other people to start worrying. What's in that vaccine? Am I going to grow a third eye if I like, get this vaccine? Like, What's going to happen to me if I take this vaccine? And then following the vaccine came these wonderful things called vaccine mandates. And some of us were uh, grateful for the va vaccine mandates and some are, are worried that like, if, if we don't all get vaccinated, we're never gonna get on the other side of this pandemic. And then there's others who thought, you know what, like, I worry that if the government can mandate these kind of vaccinations, what else can they mandate? And what does that mean for us as a nation? And while we are like frantically like worrying about all that stuff, then along comes social media to calm us all down, right? <laughs> right? So social media sure is an opportunity to stir that pot and create more fears, more worries. And uh, if you're not certain about that, just jump online this afternoon and ask a COVID-related question. On either side, it doesn't matter if you're pro-vaccine, uh, anti-vaccine, pro-mask, anti-mask, it doesn't matter. Just ask a question, one simple question. See how many people attack you? <laughs> See how many people call you an idiot for asking your question? So social media is creating more fears, more worries for us. So I'm curious, is there anybody here today who has or is right now a little bit concerned about COVID? All right, three people. The rest of you, at some point, you were thinking about it, so I worry about your truth-telling in church. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. All right, then there's the condition of our nation. Uh, right now, there are some people worried that socialism is being pushed by some government leaders and that socialism is going to take over America. There are other people that are worried that capitalism if it continues on on its journey, it will continue to hold people down and oppress people. So there's some fears and worries related to how our government is led. There are people who are worried about our borders, worried that we're not open enough. There are people who are worried that we're way too open. There are people who are worried that uh, immigrants that are coming through our borders are not being required to get the vaccine that we're being required. Uh, to get. So there's some worries on that side. 
There are worries about social justice issues. Some people worry that there are way too many social justice issues being overlooked and there are different groups of people that are, that are not getting the justice that they so deserve. There are others who worry that biblical justice is being trampled on right now by social justice. Then there's the fun of our economy. Merry Christmas, everybody. Like that thing that you ordered for Christmas, it may not be here. Why? Uh, apparently, it's stuck in a supply chain issue somewhere. It's a, in a barge out in the ocean. So we've got supply chain issues. We've got rising prices. You know, if you filled up your gas tank lately and, and like been in shock, uh, we've seen some things there to worry about. If you've gone grocery shopping, if you've like bought anything, you've probably noticed it's a little bit more expensive than it was before. And then we've got this interesting thing going on in restaurants or different companies where companies are asking, they're begging for more employees and they're struggling to get employees. They're struggling to stay open. There are companies that are worried that they're not going to be able to stay open, that they're probably going to have to close sometime in the next few months or the next year or so because they can't keep up with the demands of of business because they can't uh, keep their employees. So anybody concerned about our nation or our economy right now? Anybody? Okay. Then there are our concerns about the end times. So I have regular conversations with people who ask me, are all these things signs of the end times? Like, is, is Jesus going to come back soon? And in, in some respects, some people that ask me that are excited about Jesus coming back. On uh, other respects, they're a little bit nervous. Like, I'm ready for Jesus to come back, but am I ready to stand before him and give an account for my life? Not yet. Jesus, can you hold off? Like, can, can I like, fix some things in my life and then maybe you come back? And people ask, is the Antichrist going to step on the scene soon? If the Antichrist does step on the scene and the church is still here, what kind of persecution are we going to face? Are we going to face some intense persecution? Are we going to be forced to receive the mark of the beast? Some people are like, what is the mark of the beast? Some people are asking, is the COVID vaccine the mark of the beast? And we're back to COVID again. So let me answer that for you. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast, Okay. So some of you uh, just took a big sigh of relief. Um, That's another conversation for another day, but the vaccine is not that. Anybody concerned about how we'll do as we walk through the end times? Anybody? Okay. So more people concerned. Then we have our personal worries. So beyond all the stuff that's happening in our world, there's personal stuff. There's stuff that, that keeps us awake at night. There's stuff that wakes us up early that leaves a a pit in our stomach. There's relationship issues going on. There's there's, uh, broken relationships that we can't quite figure out how to repair. There are works scenarios that we face every day that that make us wonder, like, do I still really want to go to work? Like, this is crazy to me. There are people worried about losing their jobs. There are people worried about their reputation being smeared by somebody else at work. There are school issues that are happening regularly for us personally. There are health issues that, that some of us are concerned about that we're not sure how to get the answers that, that we, we want. There are addiction issues that some people worry that they'll never be able to overcome. There's all kinds of personal worries. Anybody have a personal thing that you're concerned about? Okay. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning or you know, you're tuning in online so you could be reminded all, of all the things that you could be worried about? So when God says, don't worry, I think you've lost your mind. Like you have no idea 
what we have to worry about. And then God, through Paul, adds to it, and he says, don't worry about anything. I'm like, like, wait a minute. Okay, don't worry about a couple of things. Makes sense. But don't worry about anything? Like, I think, God, are you listening to the stuff that we're worried about, or do you not care? Because I'm not sure which one is worse. So has anybody ever wondered if God cares about you and what's going on in your life? I have. I've wondered that. Well, Paul answers that question as he continues. He says, and still in verse six, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. You know what Paul is saying here? He's saying God cares about you. God cares about what's happening. God doesn't just want to hear about the great things that are going on in your life. God wants to hear about the things that cause you to worry, the things that you're stressed out about, the things that you can't figure out, the things that cause you to be anxious on a regular basis, the things that keep you up at night. God wants to hear about those things. And Paul explains why God wants us to talk to him. He says in verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So God wants us to talk to him so that he can give us his peace. Anybody need more peace? Like I do. And I would love more of God's peace. I don't need any more of my peace. You know, my peace is uh, built around my circumstances. When things are going great for me, I'm at peace. Like, I'm chill, I'm relaxed, I'm feeling great. Somebody's going through a struggle when I'm doing great. I whip out Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. But you know, when I'm going through a struggle, somebody uh, tosses that out at me. Like, I want to punch them. Like, are you kidding me? Apparently, you don't know that my issue supersedes this promise from God. Like, nobody's faced an issue like I've faced. So sometimes we have this weird perception and God says, um, listen, you can actually have peace no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're worried about, no matter what's keeping you up at night, you can have my peace. He makes it available to us. And so I just want to take a second. I want us to just reflect on God and his peace right now. So do you think God is up in heaven like wringing his hands because he is so worried about COVID Anybody think that? No. Like, is God going like, oh, man, didn't see that one coming? Like, like how am I going to get that back under control? God's not worried about COVID. Do you think God is anxiously calling his financial advisors and, and trying to get his money moved out of the American economy? Like, no, he's not worried about finances. Do you think God is a little bit stressed out about the Antichrist stepping on the scene? No, he's not worried about that at all. He might be concerned about some of our reactions to some of these things, but God is not worried about any of those things, and God says we don't have to be worried either. And listen to how we get God's peace. In verse six, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. So the first way that we get God's peace is by talking to him by just telling him what's happening 
in our lives and, and letting him know what, what's, what's going on. That, that reveals to me in scripture, God wants a relationship with me. And you may not believe that. That may be something that you struggle with, thinking like the creator of the universe wants a personal relationship with you. And some people that I talk to say like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to talk to God because I, like, I don't feel like I'm important enough for him or I feel like he's way too busy and I don't want to be the one knocking on his door with my little insignificant issue. Uh, you know, it's me down here, you know, Florida, like I got this issue, can you help me? And God's going to be bothered with that. So I don't want to, you know, interfere with God. So we have this really difficult time understanding that God wants a relationship with us, that God wants to hear from us personally, but it's true. So here's an interesting question, phrased in an interesting way. How's your prayer life doing? How's your prayer life? Prayer is just a conversation with God. And I understand if you're new to faith, you're exploring faith, that whole idea of prayer can be so intimidating. I'm like, what do you say to God? Like, I, like, I don't even know that we always know how to interact with God. Is there some formal way? And often we're taught these, these formal ways of, of interacting with God. We say things sometimes in our prayers that we don't ever say to anybody else. We talk sometimes uh, to God in this really formal, uh, ritualistic kind of way, and we don't talk to anybody else that way. What God wants us to do is he wants to talk to us like a trusted friend. That's how God wants to interact with us. I don't know if you have any trusted friends, but I pray that you, you do, or I pray that you develop that. I have some trusted friends in my life, and uh, when I get with these friends, we talk about all kinds of things. We talk about the great things that are happening, we talk about some of the, the challenging things that are happening in our lives, and there are moments I just vomit out on my friends the stuff that's not good. And the cool thing is, my friends don't correct me or try to fix me, my friends don't say, you're a pastor. You should never talk like that. Like, they understand that I'm human, and they love me, and ultimately, they point me back towards God. So I'm grateful they don't pour, like, gas on the fire when I'm in one of those fiery moments of, like, I'm frustrated. I can't believe this is happening. I'm concerned. I'm worried about this. I don't know how I'm going to fix this. I'm glad they don't pour gas on that because, you know, I make my fires big enough. So they calm it down by pointing me back towards God and his truth. The crazy thing to me is God wants to be that kind of friend to us. He wants to be a trusted friend to you where you can talk to him about anything, where you can just kind of vomit out what's happening, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So listen to what King David says in Psalm 62, 8. He says, oh, my people, trust in God at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. And if, if you're a Christ follower, I wonder, when was the last time you poured out your heart to God? When was the last time you just said, God, like, I can't handle it anymore. Like, I can't handle this situation at work. I can't handle this situation at home. I can't handle this health situation, this financial situation. Like, I can't handle this. Like, I, I'm just, just got to let it out. When was the last time? God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear what's happening in your life. He already knows it. He knows what's happening. But he wants to hear from you. 
He wants you to share. That's part of a relationship is sharing at that level. So when was the last time you did that? If you haven't done that in a while or if you haven't done that ever, I think today would be a great time to do that. Maybe find just a few moments to be alone with God and then just tell him what's going on. Tell him what's happening in your world. He's listening. Patiently, quietly listening. He wants to hear from you. Now, some of us don't struggle with talking to God. Like, we're really good at it. We're really good at talking at God a lot. And an important thing that we need to know is a relationship with God, a relationship with anybody is two-way. It involves talking and listening. So for some of us, we need to do way more listening than we do talking. And after we pour out our hearts before God, we need to pause and listen. Listen to what King David says in Psalm 62, just a few verses before this, the one that we just read. He says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. When was the last time you waited quietly? Where you poured out your heart, you told God what was going on in your world, and then you just zipped your lip. That's hard for me. Well, I'll talk to God, tell him what's happening, and then I expect God to work within like 30 seconds. And if he doesn't start working, then I start complaining. Like, God, what are you doing? Like, I got these big issues going on in my world. Like, I need you to show up yesterday. Sometimes God just wants us to listen so that he can speak. You know, you can tell the intimacy in a relationship by how people talk to each other. And if we're constantly yelling at people in our lives, how intimate is that relationship? It's not all that intimate. The more intimate we are with someone, the more we whisper to them, the more we talk quietly, the more we talk softly. So in order to hear God speaking, we often need to be quiet and just listen. Get away from the distractions, put technology aside, get away from all the voices that are out there trying to speak louder than God's voice and just get quiet and listen. So when was the last time you did that? I, I struggle with that, and I've got to learn how to do that more often, but God wants to speak to us. So to get God's peace, we need to learn how to talk to God. We need to learn how to listen to God. And then we need to learn how to thank God for what he's done. So again, Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. So it's interesting to me that God connects his peace and our thankfulness. He says, my peace is available to you, but one of the ways that it comes is through your thankfulness. And being thankful is like a losing art. It's a lost art in our, our, our culture. Like we're losing the ability to engage what I think is a spiritual discipline of being thankful. It's wrapped up in two words, Thank you. There's some powerful things that happen when we have a heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness. There's amazing personal benefits from it. Uh, people who are thankful are often kinder. They're more loving. They're more optimistic. They're less jealous. They're less stressed. They're less depressed. They're happier. They get better sleep. They have better relationships. Does that sound appealing to anybody? I would love to have more of that. Well, it comes from learning how to say 
Thank you. So in this next section of our time together, I would love for us to practice out loud. And if you're watching online, I encourage you to type your comments in the chat section of things that you're thankful for. So let's just uh, create kind of a large group experience here and uh, just talk about what we're thankful for. So feel free to shout that out loud. What are you thankful for? Church. Church. Freedom. I'm thankful for church. I'm thankful for freedom. Those are big deals. Say that again. You. You. Aw, that was sweet. Um, You want me to pay you later for that? Thank you. That was awesome. I'm grateful for that. Cool. Anybody else? Breathing. Yeah, health. Like stuff that we we take for granted on a regular basis. Salvation. Salvation. Sunshine. Sunshine. Love sunshine. Sunshine state. We love it. Family. Family. Say that again. God's book. So the Bible. Grateful for the Bible. It's through the Bible we know the heart of God. Coffee. Coffee. Yes. Coffee's a wonderful thing to be thankful for. I don't drink it, but I enjoy the smell of it occasionally. Say that again. Our homes. Yeah. Place to live. You know, go, go on an international mission trip and come home and see if, uh, you know, you, your thoughts about your home and the projects that you want to fix around your home change. You know, go to Guatemala, come back like, man, I live in a mansion. Somebody else said something back here. Jobs. Our jobs, the jobs that we have. Church family. Church family. You know, I love that. I love that we can be a part of a family. Even if we're not biologically related through blood, through Jesus' blood, we're related you're a follower of Jesus, I'm sorry, but I'm your brother. You may not like it, but I'm your brother. And we need to, to, to learn how to get along with each other. And you know, we, we have people that move here from different states, and they don't have any family here. But when you show up as a Christ follower in a church family, that's your family. That's a place that you can and should belong. Say that again. How we can grow on the other side of a storm. That's a great perspective to have in times of challenge, for sure. You know, one of the things I'm grateful for is, um, I don't want to shock anybody, but like we're holding church in a middle school cafeteria. Like that doesn't happen everywhere around the world. That doesn't happen everywhere around the United States. And we've got some amazing freedoms here. So I'm grateful for our school board, our school administration, for allowing us to transform this space and use it for introducing people to Jesus. So I'm super grateful for that. So one of the things I encourage you to do is take what we're doing right here and extend it on into this week. So we've got a great opportunity for that coming up on Thursday. Anybody know what's happening on Thursday? Thanksgiving, football, yeah, football. Somebody being thankful for football. Yes, thank you, Jim. So this Thursday, we've got an amazing opportunity to be thankful and to practice this spiritual discipline with family or friends. And I know that some of us are a little bit worried about family gatherings. What happens at family gatherings? Sometimes Aunt Susie asks, are you still dating that bum? And... You know, and, and sometimes, you know, Uncle uh, Johnny wants to stir the pot and start talking about politics. And so sometimes family gatherings can be a little bit worrisome. 
So this Thanksgiving, take it as an opportunity to practice Thanksgiving with the people that you're with. And if somebody wants to start down a path that's super negative, just interrupt them. Say like, hey, um, there's this bald pastor that asked me to do this assignment. I'm hoping that you could help me. So can you help me? Like we're supposed to just think of as many things as we can that we're thankful for. So let's just spend some time being thankful and just do what we did and see what happens. I really think... The spiritual discipline of being thankful can change our perspective about the stuff that we are worried about. Now, to help us get ready for Thursday, on our spiritual growth challenge, I have a a thanksgiving or a thankfulness assignment for you. So if you're new with this, uh, our spiritual growth challenge is a one-page document that takes us deeper in what we're talking about on Sundays. You can pick it up in our lobby. You can also download it online from our website. It's attached to our our messages when they're uploaded. Um, But on the back, I've got two columns. I've got a worry column, and then I have a thankfulness column. So for everything that you write down that you're worried about, I encourage you to spend a little time, write that thing out, and then tell God what it is. He knows, but he wants to hear from you. So tell him, this is the thing I'm worried about. And then don't stop there, but then tell him two things that you're thankful for. So for every one thing you're worried about, talk to God about two things that you're thankful for. And then just do that all week long up until Thanksgiving and then use that as an opportunity to talk with your family or your friends around Thanksgiving about how you can be thankful. Again, I think if we learn how to do that on a regular basis, that can change our perspectives and grow us in ways that maybe we don't grow when we learn to be thankful and experience God's peace on the other side of that thankfulness. So again, Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So God's peace comes as we learn to talk to God, as we learn to listen to God, as we learn to thank God for what he's done in our lives. In just a minute, our worship team is going to close us in kind of a new song for us. We've done it a few times, but it's called Give Me Your Peace. And it's a great song, and I think it's a great opportunity for those of us who might be struggling with something right now that you're worried about. So during the song, I encourage you to tell God what you're worried about. And then I encourage you during this song as well to start thanking God for something uh, that he has done or something that he is doing in your life and see how that might even change your perspective about that thing just in the context of this song. Now, next week, we're going to end this series. And we're going to end by looking at what I think is one of the hardest commands of God that many of us, when we see it, when we read it, we go, uh, I don't think I can do that. Uh, Obedience, yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, Loving God, loving people, that makes more sense. Giving of my time, talents, and treasures, that makes more sense. But this, I'm not sure that I can do it. I'm not sure that I want to do it. So if you're interested, come back next week. <laughs> and let me just say to you, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope it's a great time for you and family or friends. If you know someone who's celebrating alone, don't let that happen. Invite them 
to your gathering where they can be thankful for you. All right, so let's pray and we're gonna sing together. God, we just wanna start by saying thank you. Thank you for all the amazing things that you have done for us, all the amazing things that you do for us that we don't even see. Lord, there's just so many things that we need to open our eyes to and sometimes we are so focused on the things that we are worried about. We get so caught up on, on one thing that we're worried about on Monday and then by Wednesday we've forgotten about it and we've replaced it with another worry. Yeah, God, you want us to slow down. You want us to talk to you about the things that we're worried about. You want a relationship with us. You want to hear from us. But you also want to talk to us. You want to whisper your truth to us. You want to whisper your love for us and your promises to us. So Lord, teach us how to talk to you. Teach us how to listen to you. And teach us how to be thankful. Lord, I don't know that I've always recognized thankfulness as a spiritual discipline, but it is. It's something you've asked for us to do, and you've said on the other side of your prayer, on the other side of your thankfulness, you can experience your peace. So God, we want your peace. We need your peace. So Lord, teach us how to pray, how to talk, how to listen, and how to be grateful, how to be thankful for what you've done. So God, we're grateful for today, what you're doing in our church family. In Jesus' name.